All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Avalanche podcast. On today's episode, I want to revisit a question that I've asked a couple times through the lifespan of this podcast. And I want to bring it back because of what just happened with the Avalanche and winning a Stanley Cup, specifically about Nathan McKinnon and specifically where he should rank. So we'll talk about that, which will lead into a discussion about kind of like the poster children of the league right now. We kind of know like the league doesn't do a, a great job of promoting, promo, well, I should say they do an okay job of promoting their stars, but do they need to broaden that a little bit more? And you have all these young players coming up. Do they need to kind of like get behind them a little bit more? So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Avalanche rivalries. Are they changing? They kind of change year to year, depending on if both teams are good, if one team's kind of on the bottom of the thing. Is it still as much of a rivalry? We'll talk about that. And this is going to be an interesting one. When the Avalanche and Lightning were in the Stanley Cup final, if you just had your fans that were just watching you know, the game or, or, or just not have a rooting interest, you saw them geared toward the Avalanche because nobody wants to see a team win three in a row, God forbid. Uh, so you had th that that dynamic of hatred towards the Lightning because they're so good. Is that coming around to the Avalanche right now, or are we still another championship away from that happening before we get the hatred of the hockey fans? So a lot to get to today. You got myself, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I used the term poster child and it made me think, or poster children, it made me think like, I haven't bought a poster <laughs> in years. And I, I wish I, was I could kid. say that. I, I mean, you have like legit like posters of individual players, or individual no? players, or you know what I mean, no. like, like like the old yeah. school, like the poster, you know, like when you think of yeah. you know, like when we were kids and we were like teenagers, you had posters around your room. I used to go to we had media play in 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 the area I grew mm. up, uh, and just went right to the poster section. You just flip through. You'd have those black light posters. You'd yeah. buy those. Don't do that anymore, man. I got to find a poster that I got to put up around here somewhere. So sure. we'll get to that. Uh, but first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow us on social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Lockdown Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, quickly, Jack Johnson is no longer with the Avalanche. He signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, of course, it came like the day after we did our crossover with Jack, but not that that would have taken up a lot of discussion. Um, he, he kind of got, with all this cadre stuff, he kind, he kind of got, I guess, lost in the discussion on if they would want to bring him back. I don't think anybody really would have you know, cried about it if they did bring him back. I think there was like some, some rooting interest in him, but you know, as that season went on, we talked about it when we did his grade, you just saw him kind of like, you know, he declined a little bit. And I think the avalanche of other guys that can, you know, kind of step up a little bit more than what he did, 
but I think Chicago is a good place for him. You know, clearly in what they're they're doing or not doing over there, um, he's a good veteran presence over there, and he wants to continue to play. We threw that around as well. If if he would retire, you know, when you have that like desire to keep playing, you're you're going to go find somewhere to play. Take everything I said when Big Z left and he went to Chicago. Copy and paste it for this. You think so? Yeah, <laughs> think, uh, yeah. It's you you are kind of indifferent about him leaving and you kind of wish him the best in Chicago, but you know, it's not going to go well. No, like he'll get playing time. You know what I mean? He will get, that's very true. That's very true. Maybe, maybe maybe 40, 50 games there, but I, you kind of hope he can end it on his terms, but it's just, it's going to be a rough season for Jack. And thank you for everything. That was it was great having you. It was fun. Glad you enjoyed oh, our awesome. crossover episode yeah. finding where to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He listened and he was like, Ooh, that's a good place. Agent, <laughs> call Chicago. And uh there he is. So yeah, good luck to you in, in Chicago. But it's gonna be uh I mean, you've gone from winning the cup to oh boy. Uh, yeah. but you'll get playing time. So um, all right. I I bring up this topic every once in a while. And um, I wanted to bring it up again and it's where does Nathan McKinnon sit in, in terms of uh, you know, league rankings, you see this all the time, especially in the off season. And I bring him up specifically because I was talking about this before Kale McCarr, like really just burst out on the scene. And I saw something the other day and it was, they, they ranked, this was NHL.com. NHL.com ranked the top centers in the league. So this isn't just overall. This is just centers. And they had Connor McDavid, number one, Austin Matthews, number two, Nathan McKinnon, number three, Dreisaitl, four, uh, Crosby at five, uh, Barkov, six, Stamco, seven, Bergeron, eight, Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes, nine, and Mika Zibanejad at ten. I always like throwing out the question before Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche won a Stanley Cup. If they do win a Stanley Cup, does that catapult Nathan McKinnon to the top? Because he will then have something that the guys that they always want to put above him don't with McKinnon or excuse me, with McDavid and Matthews. And sometimes you even see Drysidle above him, but that has not happening here. So I guess I don't want to ask the question in terms of uh, overall players. I'll I'll keep it focused on centers. Um, and because Nathan McKinnon has a title under his belt now, should he be ranked the best center in the league? I'll, I'll hand it over to you, and then we'll. there's other things I want to say about this. You would think that would qualify you to immediately put you at the top. And for some reason, it doesn't feel like it has. Mm-hmm. Like Nate still has that. It, it you still I I put him in the top three. You can mm-hmm. I would put him above McDavid right now. The Matthews thing. I'm still I still put Austin Matthews at number one in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Nathan McKinnon the McDavid. I think it's just how much weight do you put on winning a championship? And in the end, like, isn't that what this is all about? You can have all the stats in the world and McDavid has them. uh, Matthews has them. They're fantastic talents. Mm 
I'm not trying to take anything away from them. It's just how do you rent? Like, what is your ranking criteria? And, you know, and maybe one isn't enough. Maybe that's it. If Nathan McKinnon goes out and wins another one, like, how do you continue to put him below those guys if, you know, yeah, they're putting up production? And I think maybe because Nathan McKinnon, for him, had a down year Mm -hmm. when it comes to points. If you're so heavy on points, okay. Like, he did, like, he, he started coming around as the season was going on. But we talked about so many times last year, like his his numbers early on, like he was slow to come around. He started the season on the COVID list. Um, he was an assist machine early on. As the season went on, like he he started just he became the Nathan McKinnon that we know. If he had had a season where he finally hit the century mark in points and maybe didn't lead the league in, in points, but was up there, maybe in the top five, you couple all of that with the Stanley Cup. I, I like you, you have to continue. You have to put him a little bit higher. I mean, he's number three. Yeah. I'm not going to go like we have. Okay. According to this, we have the, the third best center in the league. Great. That's awesome. The two guys ahead of him are likely going to the hall of fame. Um, But I just, as a, a hockey fan, you continue to see lists, list after list after list. And Connor McDavid's always at number one. And I get it in some capacity because he's a freak of nature. Um, but he doesn't have the hardware. He's got heart trophies, sure. He doesn't have the big one. He doesn't have the big kahuna. So, again, I just asked the question, like, how much weight are you putting on, like, a heart trophy? How much weight are you putting on an, an all-star appearance? How much weight are you yeah. putting on a Stanley Cup, which is what they are all playing for in the end? I don't know. You it's ha- semantics, but it's, it's, a, it's a discussion. You have to find yourself evaluating how you look at your your top five players like through two different lenses there has to be some kind of pull down for mcdavid still not being able to have a title and you also have a reason not to put andre burakovsky at the number one spot for having two cups to his name there's there's some kind of in between there um (laughs) like if you saw nathan mckinnon have one of Maybe the pace of Landeskog that he was having this year, or maybe that Nazem Kadri, like almost like a point per game, where he was it was just setting the league on fire and catching people's eye. If he had that kind of season the entire way through and then won the cup, I would see a lot more of this gaining traction. But when you have players like McDavid and Matthews putting up gaudy numbers, I feel like right. you want that out of your top. Like it doesn't matter what the condition of your team is because it's a blessing and a curse that McKinnon plays for the Avalanche. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of holds him back a little bit. Anybody could win with the Avalanche. We're now there, so it's if he's not putting up the crazy numbers, he's just oh yeah, he's on the Avalanche. They win everything. I, I think you know what the you know kind of uh, what they're doing now is they're putting McKinnon over Drysaddle. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't. Congratulations, <laughs> right? So that's the award that you get. We're not ready to put you above Matthews and McDavid. And like I said, I get that, yeah. uh, but they're like, as eh, the consolation prize, like you, congratulations, you. We are now putting you over Leon Drysido, who we weren't putting you over a year ago. So it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll take that 
for now. Sure. So an avocado. Gee, thanks. <laughs> um, but this leads to like a bigger discussion on uh, who, like we were saying, like poster children of the league. Clearly, that is the a bunch of those guys that I just listed just in, in centers. You know, you have McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, Drysdale, Crosby. Clearly, still, um, you know, Ovechkin, obviously. Mm-hmm. But these younger guys, should they be promoting those younger guys a little bit more? We'll get to that in a second. But first, we have to talk to you about. So this is this is a new one we have here. So we have the NHSTA, which stands for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and they are on a mission to stop you from driving drunk. I don't know if many people know this about me. Personally, um, I, 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 I want to do this, you know, for the rest of my life, but my, my normal day job is I'm a substance abuse counselor and I deal with people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol all day long. Um, I have seen firsthand what alcohol and a DWI can do to people and families. It's a nightmare. So um, I, I've seen, you know, and you always have the excuse is always not, not the excuse. The the what they always say is like I was two blocks away from my house, and you get pulled over. Um, and the big thing with DWIs is the money. Yeah, it's unbelievable how much money goes into getting a DWI taken care of. Um, the effect it has on you personally, the effect it has on your family. If you do get into an accident, the other family whose lives you possibly have ruined in the age of Uber, there's no reason to go drive drunk. So uh, this is a push to, especially with the football season coming around, Mm -hmm. Sundays are big for for drinking. So, uh, you know, you, you either designate somebody or, like I said, get that Uber or Lyft account going. And, um, you know, police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road. They're looking for for you. So don't be that person who drinks and drives. Call an Uber. Call a friend. Don't ruin your life. All right. Um, we were talking about poster children and, you know, the NHL. We, this is this is like a point of like of emphasis that they really need to start doing a little bit better job of. And sure, you can promote the heck out of Connor McDavid and and Matthews and, and even, you know, uh, McKinnon, Ovechkin, all those guys. Um, but they, I feel like they need to do a better job of, of incorporating all of this young talent that you have and giving them some, some you know, notoriety right now. And Kale McCarr is one of those guys. He he really arrived last year, but there's there's some guys maybe not to Kale McCarr's crest, but some guys that and you know one guy that stands out to me, and, and you know Avalanche fans are gonna hate me for this, but Mo Sider is is yeah fantastic. <laughs> he, he's gonna he's gonna be a nightmare for opposing teams for years to come. So guys like that. Even Igor Shosturkin, um, you know, just take, you can just list off guys that that could be household names if the league knew how to promote those type of players like they do 
the stars that we all know. And see, like this is a way for the league to get a leg up on a lot of the other professional franchises. Like NFL does a terrible job at really marketing like the rookies. Like unless you're like top two or three pick, they don't talk about you. NBA, same way. MLB, they do a great job at marketing the young guns. And I feel like that's where the NHL needs to do. Uh, yeah. uh, with Kale McCarr, Zegras, Mo Sider, I feel like they yeah. dropped the... I feel like they dropped the ball on Dylan Larkin. That was someone that I feel like they should have really marketed. Um, it's the crop of talent, and it's only going to get better. By the way, yeah, like it. The you saw what the draft looked like. There, there are going to be names that we're going to be talking about for quite some time, and next year's draft especially. Like, just put. They need to market the young guns. Like, it's it's great that we're still talking about Crosby and Ovechkin. That's mm -hmm. like they're Hall of Fame talents. That's great. We understand that, but they're aging out, and you can't hinge the league on this. And you can't put Austin Matthews on another another NHL cover. You have to start giving this <laughs> to know. your Zegerses. I know. Uh, who uh, who they put uh, who on it this year? Um, I don't think they've announced it yet. I thought it was Chara. Wasn't it Chara? Zidane Chara. I. Or he was on maybe like a limited edition one. Yeah, I think he's on like a the international edition. I don't think they've announced the cover yet. I know they're I beta testing it right did. now. I could have sworn they did. Let me I'm gonna look it up really quickly. But um, yeah, I know they're, they're it's in beta test, but like it's don't go the way of like I know they're giving like tribute to Madden by putting Madden on the cover, but it, this is where you need the number one way like to start marketing players like. I keep bringing up Zegers because I'm a huge Zegers fan and what he's been doing with the league and putting out those little clips that are like even press conferences showing up with like Grogu around his neck. Like this is stuff you want to see. We talk about hockey robots all the time. Mm -hmm. Like Zegers is like the dude. He's like walked straight out of Letterkenny and right into the NHL and he is just the dude. The NHL needs to market him just a little bit. And I think they need to do to let these guys, uh, you know, like the young crop, they're big with social media. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you're not going to get a ton of social media stuff out of Alex Ovechkin or Zidane Ochara, who we just met. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get that from them. You need to to really highlight what like the youth is doing. And I say that, um, but I don't. You know, I follow some guys, Avalanche players mainly. But you have guys like Camel Carr, who doesn't do a lot on social media. No. He really doesn't. Neither does Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Landis Gog does. He puts a lot of stuff up, particularly on Instagram. Um, but maybe it's just that the players are just not as interested in it, in, in the NHL. I mean, you get some guys, but you don't have any any NHL players going viral for something that like an in, in, in NBA player does or an NFL player does like yeah. you had Antonio Brown put up that ridiculous post about watching himself play. Say what you want about that. That makes the rounds on social yep. media. NHL players aren't built that way. So they're not going to say something like that. All I'm trying to make the comparison is you don't see NHL players putting out comments, uh, not, not just bad, good or bad, um, and it just takes the social media world by storm. It doesn't happen. I think Maybe the last person, thing, but the I, last person I remember doing that is Roberto Luongo. Like his tweets used to be fire. He did, yeah. What what did he? What was his most? Uh, the 
it wasn't like a recent one. What did he, he always would get into trouble. Was he, was he the one that I'm thinking of that always would say like, that, he I would don't know. say some, not some of the, just not the smartest things. And mm-hmm. Like it's one of those, just think about it a little bit. And then you probably wouldn't tweet that. And then yeah. just Luongo, he's, his tweets were clutch. I just, yeah. I love them and I miss yeah, them I so much. Um, you have, you know, NHL announcers and stuff like that. Like th- yeah. they're opposed, like, and that's fine. But, um, you know, like a, a great NHL personality is PK Subban. Yes. He, uh, oh, oh, there we go. There, there we go. All right. Let's talk about PK Subban. Um, when he retires, he 100% is going into a booth. Yep. Because you saw him during the playoffs. I think he was with ESPN and he's fantastic. I mean, obviously he's knowledgeable on the game, but his personality. And that he hosted out. a game show during the pandemic. He did. Yes, he did. Um, I don't know. I just, I just really like him as, and I, you just want to see more of that. And that's out there for the NHL. Those guys are out there, yep. but it just seems like the NHL is just focused on because it, it NHL more than any other sport is a team game. And I get it. You want to, you want to focus on the team, but the way that the world is right now with sports fans, just eating up individual athletes, they got to find a way to really incorporate that into how they're doing things. I don't know. It's going to be tough. Um, all right. Let's hear from Ben Online. And then we want to talk about rivalries. And then obviously, I think that'll lead into uh, is is the avalanche arrival with everybody right now, especially every fan base out there. I don't think we're there yet, but uh, let's hear from Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your sports betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, esports, golf, and our favorite, the combat sports. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from in game live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening out in the sports world over at betonline.net where the game starts rivalries we always love a good rivalry um i think for the avalanche they you're gonna have your division rivals um do you think anything has changed in terms of who's the good teams in in their division and does that increase the rivalry that maybe they once had with any particular team i feel like as we sit here right now, mm-hmm. the number one rival for the Colorado Avalanche is in our division, St. Louis. I would agree with that. I agree that with that. Minnesota has dropped to the second spot in our rival. I, do you think Minnesota will ever drop anything lower than that? Even if like Minnesota was the worst team in the league and the avalanche were anything else, you know, either at the top or middle of the standings. I just feel like that is a rivalry that that is for the avalanche. That's their Yankees, Red Sox, their Michigan, Ohio state, their Duke, North Carolina. Like I I feel like that will always be one of their top rivalries. No lower than like, maybe like, like you're like, we're ranking, not ranking these, but we're, you know, you know, lower than their second. It's funny you say that because I was literally about to say we can put the Detroit rivalry to bed now. 
I think coupled this brand new cup coupled with the unrivaled documentary Mm -hmm. and hearing them talk about being at peace with it being over. Sure. I feel like as an avalanche fan, it felt like it's over for me. We could finally say Detroit that's done. Yeah. And I would say you were talking about Minnesota. Do you ever feel like it would, uh, would not be this intense? I think there was a time in my life I thought I would hate Detroit for the rest of my life, but we just talked about outsider and Dylan Larkin. So, well, the thing with with, with Detroit is, is like in the back of my head, I was for for years. I was like, you know, I, I don't get as excited as you know an Avalanche Red Wings game. That, that's all nostalgia. That's all in the past. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I needed that documentary, and I needed to hear some of those things that the players were saying at the end as it's just like, it's over with like this, yep. this, this was a moment in time and it's long gone. And I feel like for me, that was like, okay, you guys said it now I can relax. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he said I, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we're good. So yeah, I, I, like it'll always be there. Just a little like burning embers a little bit, but, um, yeah, I don't, it's not anywhere what it was it never will be again because they're playing in different conferences so but that doesn't mean you're not going to have east coast rivals i think is it just because you beat them in the stanley cup are the lightning now your your rival i i think the rangers we still have some beef with the rangers really i don't want we had that we had the truba hit oh well that was yeah like there's there's still some beef with the Rangers. I and like we were having to hype up the possibility of having to face the Rangers in the cup. Mm. And the Lightning ended up stealing that series, but it was one of those that there was some bad blood brewing between the two teams and how the series played out and the season played out between the two. So I feel like in the East our number one rival is the Florida Panthers. Second would be yeah, yeah, the Rangers. Right. Really? See, I think you know, if you make it to the cup and um and and I don't feel like this way in for like football. Like for like like the Super Bowl, it's not like you know, those two teams are are not just immediate rivals. No. But I think for at least like the next season in hockey, um you're going to be watching those games a little bit closer especially the way that it happened with with the lightning you know going for three in a row we all know the story um and then losing on home ice i don't think that sits well with them so you're going to see uh some really throw down games between the avalanche or two of them anyway between the avalanche and the lightning i i do i florida i was kind of um I was kind of going in that direction too. I mean, they those games were great, great hockey. They were. So we'll see if that continues. They have a new coach now. I don't know if he's going to change the way that they play. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Florida. Um, but I think the Lightning is is your your kind of big rival in the East, at least in the West. In the division, yes, I think you could change. I mean, there's going to be people that are going to be commenting on this, be like, nope, it's Minnesota. Year in and year out, I can't stand Minnesota. You're not going to get an argument from me. Um, but I think 
where the teams play or where they are in the division does play a role. Mm -hmm. And that's why I agree with you where I think St. Louis is, you know, and especially, you know, you, again, another team that you beat um, in, in the playoffs in a, in a good tough fought series. Um, But the other teams, I don't know. I don't get like, uh, you know, you have Chicago who's just, you know, you have, I haven't thought about that gold team in quite some time. I was going to bring them up because I love bringing them up. Um, I I'm always gonna hate them. It like you <laughs> do. I really do. I can't stand them. I cannot stand that team, and just the way they do business. And and when they announced the Robin Leonard thing, uh, feel bad for the player. Didn't shed a single tear for the franchise. Nope. <laughs> so, um, and I think you're gonna get more like what Alex Petrangelo. He's coming out and saying things. You're going to get that a lot more with these teams that or these players that are just cut loose by the team who don't want to say anything while they're wearing the uniform, and I get that. But when they're removed from them, it's free game. And you're going to hear some players. Uh, Petrangelo kind of open up the door for that. So, um, But, yeah, I, for me, uh, I circle those games on the calendar. Can't stand Vegas. I wonder if they Nancy Kerrigan his Achilles. Oh God! Are we starting? Uh, are we starting those rumors now? Uh, Why yeah. not? They have nothing yeah. else to talk about. I know, right? Um, but that leads to you know where did the Avalanche stand in terms of the view of of the league? You know what I mean? Like every like I said in the beginning, if you were not a Lightning fan, you were rooting for the Avalanche because the the Lightning grew to that point of hatred mm-hmm. because they're winning. It sounds so weird, like. You, there's team there's teams that are like good who I will root for because you you want to see these these things that don't happen all the time. If it wasn't the Avalanche facing off against the Lightning, I probably would have been rooting for the Lightning because how yeah. many times are we going to say we've seen a team three-peat in hockey? Yeah, and to be alive during that would have been a, a, a big occasion. Wasn't going to happen on the Avalanche watch. So, uh, but I get it. Like, that's the way that like sports fans are built. If you're good, we hate you. I don't, th- I mean, do you feel like I'm not getting that vibe from people, maybe outside of Minnesota, um, that the Avalanche are that hated team right now? I think it's the opposite. I think they are the team, the team that like people were like, oh, yeah, like they're almost like that, that forgotten team. And then when they come around and win a championship, they're like the hot commodity and the, the gear is selling like Golden State Warriors. I keep saying that. Yep. Like when Golden State was starting all of the, these, these, these wins and championships, now they're a household name. I wonder if that's where the avalanche go. Yeah, we, we draw the parallels between this team and the 96 team all the time. Um, and I feel like the fan reception is the exact same. When the avalanche came barreling their way through the playoffs, Everyone's like, oh, I remember that Avalanche team. They were they were really bad at one time. It's nice <laughs> to see them really turn it around. This team looks good. And everybody, I feel like the world of hockey was celebrating that, hey, the Avalanche won their cup. It's great to see them back here. It wasn't so much, I can't believe, like, they beat Tampa Bay. I was really cheering for three-peat. I feel like if you didn't have a vested interest in either team, you were happy either way. And I feel like the fans will continue to like this team, 
even if they win again next year because of personalities like Kale McCarr, Landis mm-hmm. Gog, Miko, there's no um, jerk on Tom this Wilson. team. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no like unlikable guys. Like Nathan McKinnon, Mike could rub you the wrong way, but there's a list of players that don't. Um, mm-hmm. And just the all the small things, the environment around Ball Arena. There's so much you can like around this team. I don't feel like we're Tampa Bay because this feels like we belong here. And Tampa always felt like they don't belong to be at the top of the heap. Hmm. I always remember, you know, with the like New England Patriots, like when they, when they, the first year when Drew Bledsoe got hurt, Tom yep. Brady took over. Um, and I rooted for them in that, mm-hmm. that Super Bowl. It was against the Rams. Um, and then it was just different for them just because it was like, you know, Tom Brady then became like a, a superstar in the league and outside of the league and his attitude changed. His attitude was my, you know, what doesn't stink. And I'm going to walk around like, uh, you know, like that's what rubbed me the wrong way on top of all the cheating. Um, but you're right. Like, I don't get that vibe from this avalanche team and guys like Nachuskin just a yeah. complete likable guy. You have to root for a guy like that. So, um, you know who else has like kind of like a chip on his shoulder is, is Bo Byram. Yeah. I think as Byram gets going and, you know, he becomes more of a household name, I think he's a player that like some people on the outside looking in might not like that much because he has that young attitude. I I like it, but I, I wonder if he's going to be one of those guys where if he's – He's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, he's rubbing you the wrong way. I have that same feeling. Yeah. So uh, basically answer the question. I don't think we're there yet with the Avs. And I don't even think if they win two in a row, I don't even think we'll we'll be there after that. But there's something like you look at a team like the Patriots who just kept winning, 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 and people started hating them for multiple reasons. You look at, you know, I brought up the Golden State Warriors. They're still winning. I don't really get the vibe that people really dislike that team. I think people like Steph Curry. You know what I mean? They like uh, they like Clay. That you know they're yeah. maybe not Draymond Green. People don't seem like him, but it's just they just seem like a likable team. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see where this goes with the Avs and just maybe not winning championship after championship, but they're going to be a good team. They're going to be in the hunt year after year. People are going to be getting sick of that. Is this going to be like a Detroit Red Wings twenty something years in a row in the playoffs? I don't know, but um, they like we've been saying they just seem like they're a likable team. If they give Nathan McKinnon the mic after we win two in a row, and Nathan McKinnon says not two, not three, I'm going to oh, crawl in a boy. hole. Oh <laughs> boy! Oh boy! Don't do that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let me know what you guys think. Uh, comment away in the comment section. I'm sure it's going to be live and active, especially with the rivalry thing. Um, so we'll put up on Instagram and uh, yeah, just on Instagram tomorrow. We'll probably do a a fan question episode for tomorrow. So we'll put that up. So follow us over on Instagram. If you want any questions answered on tomorrow's episode. Um, But that is going to wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Obviously that is always appreciated. And don't forget to follow us on our social media outlets. Um, And we'll be back tomorrow. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go.